Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find several speaker feeds with over 400 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Lydian. Hi, uh, Lydian, a uh, compulsive overeater. I'm one of them, too. Um, I want to thank Martha for asking me, and uh, I, um, um, let's see, I don't really speak a lot in OA, and uh, I, um, I belong to another program, too, and uh, I, um, I'm just really grateful. Uh, you know, this program has really changed my life, uh, both AA and OA, um, and um, I, um, I came to OA through uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, and um, so I, uh, um, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. And uh, you know, I mean, for me, I know that I, I don't, you know, like like they say, the the years don't transfer over and stuff like that. But there's really no divisions in my life. I don't like go home and and put on an AA hat and then, you know, two hours later put on my OA hat. You know. Um, there's really no divisions in my life as far as that's concerned. Um, so anyway, I'll just tell you what it was like, what happened, what it's like now. So uh, I'm from Lexington, Kentucky, and uh, I, uh, you know, I I didn't know that I had a problem with alcohol when I was little, um, and I didn't even know what an alcoholic was. So uh, what happened for me was I, uh, I started drinking and uh, at a, a real early age. I was raised part of the time by my great-grandmother who had a redneck honky-tonk bar in Kentucky. And uh, I loved everything about that place. Uh, they had a jukebox there, and if you're too young to know what that is, it's a box that has these plastic round things that spin around and they have music on it. So I would like to I like to go in there and watch those records spin around and, and they had a bandstand. I loved everything about that and I actually ended up becoming a musician. And uh, I uh, what happened for me was I ended up um, you know, I, I, I don't remember too much about uh, uh, drinking, you know, like when I was young, but I remember smoking pot, I, you know. First time I smoked pot, I, I laughed so hard my jaws hurt, you know. Uh, but any time I did it after that, it, it made me paranoid, so I stopped smoking that crap, and uh, I ended up, uh, you know, just drinking and, and doing a lot of other things. I ended up uh, being in a, a punk transvestite band back there called the Thrusters, and uh, and we played at this uh, uh, this bar. And uh, the lead singer was uh, um, his mother died when he was young. His family died when he was young. Left him a trailer park and a bar, and we became the house band there. And uh, we got paid with beer, so that was great. And. Uh, the reason why I'm telling you this is because this is kind of my story, you know, it's, it, it, and, you know, there may be some people in here that don't relate to it, but it, it's just my truth. It's, it's, it's what happened to me. So um, fast forward, uh, I ended up coming out here trying to be a rock star. It didn't work out too well. I ended up with a Peruvian Indian on Laurel Canyon. Uh, he was my cocaine dealer, and, uh, and he lived in a shack with no running water or electricity, and we would get up there and talk about the aliens and all this other stuff. 
And uh, what happened was my wife was uh, three months pregnant, and, uh, um, and at this time I was going on these runs, and I would come home, and she'd say, you know what, you need to get help or I'm going to divorce you. And uh, so uh, I went on another run. She was like three months pregnant. Uh, the baby died inside of her, and uh, she wanted me to come to the hospital and hold her hand while they took the baby out, and I couldn't do it. And the reason why I couldn't do it is because I'm selfish and self-centered. That's all I think about is myself. I don't care about anybody but me. And that transfers uh, into my OA program, too, you know. I mean, uh, I get really, really angry when I make uh, a fruit smoothie and my wife wants some of it. <laughs> I just, you know, I really, uh, I don't like that. <laughs> because it's mine, you know, and I only get to make one of those. So, so anyway, what happened was I came home and she uh, took her wedding ring off and said, said I needed to get help. So anyway... I got into AA, and uh, when I got into AA, um, um, things, uh, you know, it was really good. It changed my life. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. And uh, while I was there, uh, you know, um, I started um, uh, noticing some problems that I had. (laughs) One was money uh, and obsessions with buying things. And the only way that I could uh, satisfy those obsessions for buying things is to go out and buy the things that I was obsessed about. And then uh, I'd get another obsession. So, um, so like, ever since I was uh, sober, uh, you know, we have a finance class in, uh, in the group that I go to, and I was in that finance class for years. They call it an amends class, you know, where you go and you, you know, Tell, uh, you know, who you owe money to, and then you pay that money back. And uh, and I just had a, such a problem with uh, with money, and I uh, still do uh, to this day. Uh, so that was one thing that was revealed. And the other thing that was revealed was my eating problem. Um, and I started doing things like, uh, uh, you know, like I'd try this cabbage soup diet, and uh I'd be on that for a while, and that would work. And then I tried this thing called, and I don't know why I did this. I went to this place called Lindora, and they give you these vitamin B shots. Man, and I hate needles. And uh, I would go there religiously and get these shots and, and just try to try to do that. And that didn't help. And, uh, you know, and what I, what I started finding out, and I found out this later by being in the program this time around, uh, in a way, was that uh, I was basically, you know, dieting, you know, and I didn't, uh, I didn't have any, any kind of spiritual program behind that at all to help me sustain. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, some of the things that I was doing as far as eating and, and, and like, uh, you know, trying to eat right and everything, but I could never rack up any considerable amount of time, you know. Uh, I've, I've been basically doing the same food plan that I've been on for about nine years. And I've never been able to do that. Never. I've always been like a couple weeks, two months, and then I would be off and doing something else. So, um, I, um, let's see, uh, I um, um, went to uh, Hal OA. I, I got up, my top weight was 215. And I feel so, like such a lightweight here. You know, I'm not a 100-pounder. I, I didn't gain a lot of weight. But I was always obsessed with food, always obsessed with it, uh, just uh, trying to always control it, you know, especially after I stopped drinking. It was really obvious. I mean, you know, uh, I, I, you know, and I'd read these stories about alcoholics that would love sugar, you know, and and I just thought, man, this is the perfect program for me (laughs) because I love sugar, you know, and... uh, 
it was funny because uh, I just recently uh, saw this thing uh, that Jim, Jimmy Kimmel does, you know, around Halloween time. He has his parents like videotape kids, and, and the parents tell the kids that they he, they've eaten all their Halloween candy, and they videotape the reaction. And I relate so much to that. They go ballistic, you know. They're, they're actually, there's two types. There's, there's the ones that go ballistic, and most of them go ballistic. And I go, oh, my God, you know, this, that stuff is like crack, you know. And then there's the kids that uh, they go, you know what, that's okay. You know, and I, and I, and, and I like to feel that, like, I'm, I, I'm relating to those kids nowadays, you know, that it's okay, you know, that it's been taken from me, so... But, uh, yeah, so uh, I, uh, one, one other thing that I tried was Hal OA. I went to Hal, and uh, I went from 210 to 145. And, uh, I mean, I really lost a lot of weight and everything. And uh, I just, um, but once again, I really didn't have a conscious contact with God. You know, I really didn't. And, uh, uh, you know, like it talks about in the big book, it talks about, um the um, um, that peculiar mental twist that we get, you know, that uh, you know we'll, we'll like stop drinking or stop eating, you know, compulsively, and then uh, we get this thought, you know, and in the book it it is uh, notated with italicis, you know, like it goes. Uh, so I went to this restaurant and uh, ordered some milk, and I thought it'd be a great idea to put whiskey in there. You know, and th- that's exactly what happened with me. I-, I had a lot of time in how OA wasn't working a program really. I was losing weight, and, and I looked like a concentration camp victim. You know, and I was walking around uh, just really low energy, and I had an old timer in AA <laughs> uh, come up to me and he goes, "You know what? I know what your problem is." He goes, "You need to eat a, a cheeseburger and drink a chocolate shake, and you give me a call after you do that, and you'll feel a lot better." That's why. <laughs> And uh, so I did that, and I didn't, I, I didn't have any mental defense at all. I just said, okay, sure, you know, and I did it, and I felt a lot better, you know, and, uh, and then that got me going, you know, for uh, another uh, bunch of years. And what happened for me was um, I was eating really badly. I knew I needed to stop, didn't know how to do it. So I started praying about it. I started asking God to help me uh, because I knew the answer. I knew by being in AA that it was a spiritual solution to my problem. And, uh, but, but the thing is, is that um, I would pray and nothing would happen. And I also know this, too, by being in, 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 uh, in the program, is that God works through other people. And uh, it wasn't until I asked help from uh, another person uh, that uh, my, my prayer was answered. So I asked uh, Michael B. to help me out and uh, yeah, uh, he's my sponsor today uh, and uh, he, he just basically gave me a few set of directions and uh, he basically just told me to be honest about my food and, and just to report into him every day about uh, what, what I ate. So that's what I did. And uh, um, so... Uh, you know, when I started out, it was just like, okay, Mike, uh, I had uh, a bag of Doritos today, I had some ice cream, I had some pretzels, and I had, uh, you know, like, you know, whatever I had. But I was just telling him the truth. And then eventually what happened was I started getting a food plan. And, uh, and um, you know, my food plan has changed a lot uh, over the nine years. Um, like uh, diet, diet cokes were part of my food plan <laughs> for a while, and uh, I was slamming down like uh, like seven or eight of those a day, you know. And uh, 
So what I decided to do was I decided to ch uh, switch to Diet Cherry Pepsi because I, I live in Burbank and there was like only one place in Burbank that sold those. So I figured that if I did that, you know, I, I wouldn't drink as many, you know. So what happened was, I, I, you know, I started casing out this place like a liquor store. You know, I'd go, <laughs> I'd go in there and I'd buy these, uh, these Diet uh, Cherry Pepsis and, uh, you know, the, the store owner knew exactly what I was going to get, uh, you know, and and, and so what I had to do is I had to let those go, you know. And and I don't think that I could have let those go if it wasn't like uh, that I had a, a, spirit, a conscious contact with God. And, uh, you know, I mean, I could go into, uh, I, I basically, uh, the way I got a conscious contact with God, I, I, there was a, a, a guy in AA named Clint H., and I went through the steps with him. And by doing that, I had a spiritual awakening. And uh, that's how I got my spiritual awakening. There's a whole little backstory to that, but I don't have a lot of time to, to talk about that. But um, um, another problem that I had with was uh, protein bars. And, uh, you know, the same thing. You know, I, uh, I started eating those. I started looking at the calorie count on those and, and just started realizing that my snacks were actually like a meal and a half, you know. <laughs> it was like, uh, so, you know, I had, I had to let those go. And, uh, you know, um, and it wasn't really, you know, it was like discoveries for me, you know. Uh, it, I, Mike never said, you know what, you need to, you need to uh, stop eating those protein bars, you know. And... Um, uh, a really big turning point for me was this. I... I I started having some medical problems, and uh, the medical problem that I had was that uh, my heart, heart would stop beating, and then it would start beating really, really fast to speed up and get caught up. And it would do that, like, almost all the, all the time throughout the day. So I went to a cardiologist, and uh, I got on the treadmill and everything. They checked my heart, and he goes, yeah, I, you know, I know what the problem is. You've got an electrical problem with your heart. And I go, okay, what do I need to do to, to take care of that? And he goes, well, you take these little pills. And I go, okay, great. So how long do I take them before I get off? And he goes, oh, no. Once you start taking them, you're on, the, you're on them for the rest of your life. And uh, so at that point, you know, and I, I don't have any, any problems with the medical fraternity at all. And I really think they're great and everything. But I just had to do this for myself. I, had, I wanted to change my diet and I wanted to start exercising to see if I could take care of that problem. And what I did was I, I, I just basically went out the, went at this problem like I mean, like you hear about people that are diagnosed with cancer. And when they're diagnosed with cancer, you know, they right away give them a, a meal plan. They say, Okay, cut out all the processed foods, fruits, vegetables and protein, you know, some carbs. So basically I just did that. That's what I started doing. I did that and I started exercising and that problem went away. I don't have that problem. And I, I just didn't want to go down that road of starting to take medication. I, I you know, I'm 54 years old, and I just I don't want to do that right now. I will do it if it's a matter of life and death for me, but I wanted to try something different. So I did that, and, and uh, the, I was at 185 for about six or five or six years in OA, and I'm down to 155 now. And, and the way that I lost that other 30 pounds was um, I lost it through um, um, weighing and measuring my food. And uh, because what what would happen is you know I'd report to Mike uh, yeah Mike I had a bowl of cereal and uh, if if the only bowl in my house was a trash can 
that's my goal. You know? so, so anyway, I started weighing and measuring my food, uh, and uh, it was really a, a, a big uh, change for me. And, uh, and I still do that today. Uh, I still weigh and measure. And, uh, you know, uh, this program has been basically boiled down to three things for me, self-examination, meditation, and prayer. And I, I still do that on a daily basis. I still, um, I still uh, take an inventory every day. You know, uh, I mean, there's some things that Mike had me do, and you know, when I first got here, that I, you know, because I had a little time in AA, so I kind of knew the deal, you know, about the program. And he was having me do things like he had me do this AEIOU thing, man, and it was like. I kept telling him, I go, Mike, that's not in the book. I don't know where in the hell you got that, but it's not in the book, really. You know, and, uh, but, but I did it anyway, because I, I, I know, like, when I first got here, there was a couple things that happened for me. I, you know, I was told to go to meetings uh, and, and show up early, and, and, you know, I didn't want to do that, you know, because I actually came out to L.A. to be a rock star, not to be in program, you know. So, but, but I did that anyway, you know. They, they told me to get a sponsor, and I didn't want to do that either, you know, because at the time I hated my stepdad, and a sponsor kind of reminded me of my stepdad. And since then, I've made amends to my stepfather through the program, and, you know, we're, we're good. And uh, I call him dad today. And, um, uh, but I did it anyway. I got a sponsor, you know. Uh, and, and the group that I belong to, they told me to get a commitment. And a commitment is like a little job that you do at the meeting. And uh, if, uh, if I didn't want to be in, a, in the program, why, why in the hell would I get a commitment, you know. So, but I got one anyway. And so what I'm telling you is that my life started changing when I started listening to other people's ideas about my life. That's when my life started changing. I started following direction, you know. Um, and uh, that's been the, the greatest blessing in my life is that, you know, uh, and today, uh, you know, I'm, I'm responsible. You know, if somebody asks me to do something, I'll show up. I'll show up on time. You know, like the, the commitments when I first started getting them, I was so flaky. You know, I'd get one, and then and the group that I go to, uh, you know, if you, if you show up late or you don't do it, they fire you off of that commitment. And that would happen to me time and time again. And eventually what happened was I, uh, you know, I, I kept trying. And like I said today, you know, if somebody asks me to do something, I show up when I say I'm going to show up and do what I say I'm going to do. And I learned that about by doing commitments here in the program, you know. Uh, and I transfer that into the job that I do, you know. I, I, I'm a sound editor, and, uh, you know, uh, the program didn't teach me how to edit sound, but it showed me, it taught me how to show up on time and to do what my boss tells me to do, you know. Really that simple. Um, you know, um, uh, I might stop a little early. You know, the, the thing is, is that I parked outside front and, and in the one-hour uh, parking meter. So I'm probably going to have to go down and feed the meter. Okay, I appreciate it. It's the Nissan Leaf right in front. I appreciate that. Thank you. So, um, so yeah, uh, I, um, you know, one of the things that, one of the big problems that I had um, uh, that, that I really just recently found out about was... Um, uh, uh, pride, and uh, I, you know, I, I didn't. You know, the thing is, is in the program, I, I, um, I come in with uh, like this bad bag of uh, uh, self knowledge. I think you know of what things mean. You know, um, and I thought I knew what pride meant. I thought pride meant um, 
like doing something really admirable and, and being proud of that. You know, <laughs> I really did, you know. And, uh, you know, like uh, humility. I thought, uh, you know, I thought the definition of humility was uh, being humiliated. You know, I really thought that that's what it meant, you know. And, and I just recently looked up the definition to humility. And it basically uh, says that it was it's the state of not acting better or thinking that you're better than other people. And, and I've had that problem all my life. I've always thought that I was either better than you or worse than you, you know. And I still had that problem, you know. And uh, the way I compensate that for that is with pride, you know. And I, I, I do it at work. Uh, you know, I've had the hardest time at work, you know, because... Um, and another character defect I have is envy, you know. And and I and actually, this is how sick I am. I actually thought envy was a, a character asset for me because this is what ha- would happen at work. You know, something good would happen to somebody, and I'd get envious, and it would make me work harder. You know, and I would think that that that's a good thing, right? And and it's not. It just drives it drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. And I had to uh, I had to get rid of that. You know. Um, you know, um, I, I'm just so grateful for this program. I, you know, I um, I pray and meditate today. Um, uh, I, when I came in, you know, this is another thing that, that just really kind of threw me off was, uh, you know, I, I, I knew I had this obsession. And um, I was told when I got here that the only way that I could get rid of that obsession is through uh, a conscious contact with God. And... You know, I'm from Kentucky, and uh, and in Kentucky, uh, it's the Bible Belt, and they ram that stuff down your throat. And when I got here, man, it was like I didn't want to have anything to do with God. I didn't believe in God. Uh, I, you know, and, and and when I heard that, I go, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I really don't know how I'm going to do that. And if you're new, uh, you know, the, the great blessing for me has been that I can make up a God of my own understanding. And that's what they told me to do. I didn't have to believe in Jesus, Muhammad, Buddha, uh, any of those things. I could, it could be a God of my own understanding, you know. And, uh, and that's what I did. I, you know, I did that. And for the longest time, it really, uh, it really helped me, you know. It really did. There was a point where uh, in, uh, where I started getting honest with myself, and I started telling people, "Yeah, you know what? This whole time I've been pretending like I believe in God, but I really, really don't. I, I really think that you guys got this, but I, I really think that I've been kind of misinforming you guys about my belief in God." And so what I did was I, I went through the steps again with Clint, and, and when I did that, I, I had a, a spiritual awakening, and. Uh, Today, I am just so grateful. I, I, I rely on God for everything. You know, today, uh, I, and uh, my, my relationship with God has changed. You know, I used to just say the, the, the rote prayers, you know, like Our Father, Third Step Prayer, Serenity Prayer. And, and today, what I do is I actually try to have a dialogue with my God. You know, I, and, I, and uh, you know, for the longest time, I did the, uh, I, I treated God like Santa Claus, you know, like it talks about in the 12 and 12, you know. Uh, in fact, that was one of one of the ways that I would disprove that there would be a God. I'd say, "Okay, God, uh, I need a new car." Wake up the next day, I didn't have a new car. So, see, God doesn't exist. And uh, but today, uh, what I do is I, I just ask for God's the knowledge of God's will for me and the power to carry that out. That's all I ask for. 
And, um, you know, some days I get that and I go, no, it, it's got to be something different than this, <laughs> you know. But I ask for the power to walk through it, you know. Um, like I'm going through some things right now with my work, you know. I, uh, I was working at this company for 10 years and I really I had gotten into my head that I was going to retire there. And I don't know, I mean, it just happened, you know. And uh, they closed down that department and it just turned my whole world upside down. Uh, I, I had to get another job. I started working uh, a, a graveyard shift and I had to change everything about everything. I had to change uh, my meetings, uh, the meetings that I went to. And I, I'd been going to the same meetings for like 25 years. And it was like, oh my God. So I had to go to these like noon meetings in, in Burbank that, that at first were so lame. And I, and I was complaining about it and everything. And here's the beauty about the program. was I, I was complaining about you know the meetings that I was going to and not being able to go to my home group. And, uh, and they made me the secretary. So, you know, they, <laughs> There you go. So, um, but anyway, it was cool. I, I really got to know a, a lot of people. Uh, one thing that I did do was uh, I, I love this uh, Saturday OA meeting that I go to in Burbank, and I see you there sometimes. And uh, I, I was not going to miss that one. I was. I, I got off work at three in the morning, and I would have to be there at seven thirty in the morning. And I did that. I did that for a year. And it was exhausting. There was times when I didn't think that I was going to be able to do that. And uh, my head would just go off like, you know what, you should find a noon meeting, blah, blah, blah. But, it, but I did it anyway. I just showed up. And, and it was a great thing for me. Um, because now, you know, the guys I sponsor, if they don't show up to that, I go, hey, <laughs> you know, I showed up on four hours of sleep. If I can do that, you can do it. So, but anyway, um, but I'm really grateful for being in uh, OA. Uh, OA has really changed my life. My, you know, uh, I, I'm surrounded with some people in my life that have a problem. Uh, my daughter has Crohn's disease, and uh, she's 20, 22 years old. And uh, she eats like a 22-year-old, you know. And, uh, you know, I've tried, like, you know, telling her, you know what, you need to change your food, and uh, that didn't work, of course. And so what I've done is I've just kind of let that go. And, uh, and, and, and by letting it go and just sticking to my food, uh, funny thing is that she's starting to like investigate things. Like she, you know, she goes, "Oh, well, what's that big machine there that that makes this green stuff?" And I go, oh, "It's a juicer," you know. And so she tries that, you know, and she, "Oh, that's not too bad," you know. So uh, and uh, so so it's it's a good thing, you know. When I just kind of step out of the way, God has a tendency to uh, work through me, like uh, like He works through people here, you know, and. Um, that's the beauty about going to meetings is that I got to be around, you know, I can't be at home, you know, uh, sitting around praying and meditating and, and trying to get, you know, talk to God. If I did that and, and I was talking to God on my own, somebody would put me in a straitjacket. But, you know, the thing is, is that I, the, you know, the beautiful thing about going to meetings is that I know that there's people at all the meetings that I go to that are actively trying to channel God, you know. <laughs> And I gotta be there. I gotta be be with you, so that when you try to channel God through you, that it talks to me. You know that God talks to me, and that's that's one of the big reasons why I go to meetings, and plus to help uh, other people and to pass this thing along. Because I know that um, if I don't pass this thing along, I'm not going to be able to stay here. You know, and. Uh, Boy, uh, I think I'm done. I, I really appreciate Martha for asking me. I want to thank you guys for being here. Thank you.
All right, so we'll uh, open it up uh, to questions. Okay, uh, the question is, how do you show up when you don't want to show up? And um, I, um, you know, um, I think it's gotten to a point now where um, I, 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 I know both sides of it now. You know, I know being in program and I know not being in program. And I just like what I get here, you know, and, and I... And I think that if, it, if if I was miserable here, I wouldn't I wouldn't show up, you know. But there's something here. And uh, if you're new, I hope I hope you stick around long enough to tap into it. Uh, you know, when I was new, I, I didn't want to be here. Uh, uh, but I kind of fell into a group that kind of pressured me into doing things. <laughs> so that was really good, you know. Um, and that's really the only kind of experience that I have, you know. I. And to be honest with you, if I didn't have that experience, I don't know if I could, you know. I mean, I, I, I had strong sponsorship in AA and in OA. And uh, that's been really, really important for me, you know. Because, you know, if I call my sponsor and I say, well, you know, I haven't gone to a meeting, he'll go, well, I've been to a meeting and what's the deal, you know. Uh, so, you know... Uh, there's that, you know, but I think for the most part it's that there's something here. There, there's a spirit and, and uh, this, uh, you know, it talks about like in the big book about being uh, on an ocean liner and, uh, you know, finding uh, a common solution to uh, a peril. And we just kind of stick together once we find that, you know, and uh, I kind of feel that that's what's happened to me, you know. Uh, she wants to know what my spiritual practice is. And so what I do is... Um, uh, it's kind of a weird thing. What happened for me was I, um, when I had that spiritual awakening by going through the steps again, I um, uh, I wanted to try everything that I could to try to hang on to that feeling. And one of the things that uh, happened for me was my daughter was going to Catholic school. And uh, like I said, I hated anything about organized religion. So I started investigating that, and I ended up becoming Catholic. So part of my practice is, is this. I... Um, uh, I have some readings that I do. I read, uh, I have a daily missile that, uh, like on Mondays I read the Old Testament, Tuesday, Wednesday, New Testament, uh, Thursday, Friday, uh, the Gospel. Uh, and then I have, I read, as Bill sees it, I read, uh, um, and I read uh, this, thing, this out of another book called Jesus Calling. It's a daily reflection thing. And then um, what I do is I pray, uh, I meditate, and then um, and then I pray after that. And my prayer is real simple. Like I said, I ask for God, the knowledge of God's will for me and the power to carry that out. Thy will not mine be done. But I didn't. It, it used to be different. It used to be, uh, you know what? I really need this. I, and really, I, I would ask specific. And you know, I've really had to change that. And and the the reason why I started changing my prayer, I started going to a twelve and twelve uh, book study. And they really hammer that home in the 12 and 12 about the right way to pray. And so I, I kind of, you know, yeah. So that's it. How do you handle Thanksgiving dinner if it comes out early? Okay, well, I mean, basically um, what I do, like, every, every day is the same for me. I commit my food to my sponsor. And uh, so, um, but, but I don't really commit a time. Uh, you know, and I'm not really sure if this is answering your question, but so if the dinner came out early, I would still eat what I commit, and with regard to time, you know, 
I mean, that, that's not a big deal for me. I mean, like I said, my schedule has been really crazy. So there was a time when I was eating in the morning and then eating in the afternoon and then eating like around 6 in the evening. And then I got this new job, and so I'm eating breakfast at, one, at noon, and I'm eating dinner at like 7 or 8, and I'm eating or lunch at 7 and 8, and then I'm eating my dinner like around 11 at night. So, you know, it's like the time thing really, you know, it's changed for me, you know, depending on my work but as far as overeating on Thanksgiving I uh, I make sure that I commit you know the food that I'm going to eat and I stick to that regardless of uh, whatever happens you know because <laughs> I know you know it's really kind of un- unpredictable like I'm, I'm going to Santa Barbara for uh, Thanksgiving we have no idea where we're going. We have no idea what we're going to eat, you know. Um, so usually, like, in a case like that, I'll commit to, like, six ounces of protein. I'll, can, I'll commit to, like, uh, two cups of salad and uh, a cup of fruit, you know, and that'll be my meal. And, and I way to measure my food so I kind of know what those things are if I'm in a restaurant. I don't bring uh, a measuring scale with me. Mm-hmm. Well... You know, um, like I get, like again, what I said, you know, uh, it really comes down to the food that I commit, you know, and, and that's really been an important part of my, my abstinence, you know, is committing my food. And, um, you know, like Halloween, you know, I see the candy and, and, and it calls me, but, you know, I always remember what I commit, you know, and, and, and I didn't commit that, you know, so I know that that's, you know, that's not, on my food plan. I mean, and, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. And then, um, you know, like, just recently I went out, uh, I went out to dinner to Takedo Moss with a friend of mine after a meeting, and uh, we sat down and, and he offered me some chips, and, and they're not on my food plan, and I, I just said no, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't eat those, you know. And he was fine with that, you know. And uh, but it, you know, like like I said, my my, you know, like at one time those chips were part of my food plan, you know. And uh, like I said, you know, my my food plan has changed over uh, a period of time, you know. So uh, and and you know, once I find a food that's kind of a problem, and, and it's really obvious to me, I uh, you know I uh, I, I try to uh, get rid of that problem, you know, and one of the ways I do that is by talking to my sponsor, I'll tell my problem, you know what, I I tell my sponsor, I think I have a problem with this food, I think I need to leave it off my food plan or change my food plan, you know, okay, thank you very much for listening.